Welcome to Zichu Dafsi Man Member Avram Goldar, and today we're Zechus Nadarim Dafsamaches, the tenth parak Naram Harasa. So the three tops we're going to focus on are more. The Academy of Rabbi Shmuel provided an alternate source for the joint hafar of the father and husband of a Naara who's in Arusa. The final pasuk about hafar says, "These are the laws that Hashem commanded: Ben Ishli Ishto Ben Avlabito, between a man and his wife, between a father and his daughter, Ben Ureb Beis Avia." In her youth, in her father's house. From here, from the juxtaposition of the father and the husband, we learn about a Nara who's in Arusa that her father and husband are made for her netter jointly. The run adds that the closing words of the Pasuk, imply that it refers to a Nara in her youth, who's in Arusa in her father's house. The more adds that the Academy of Ravishmal uses the source Rabbi Brah. For another drush made by Rabbah and Dav Ayin Abed Aleph. Rabbah says that the Pasuk above teaches that a husband may revoke her nadarim between him and her that affect the relationship, which will be defined in the next parak. Point number two, the Gemara poses a question. Does a husband, when being made for an Arusa's nether, cut off half the nether when he's made for, or does he weaken the entire nether? Meaning, when the husband and father share the hafara of an Arusa, does each party revoke half of the netter and the other half remains fully intact until the other revokes it? Or does the hafara have the strength of the entire netter, but it remains forbidden until the other party completes the process? The run adds that the question could equally be asked about the father's revocation. The Gemara expresses a practical outcome of this inquiry. If an arusa made a netter not to eat two specific kazesim of food, and the husband revoked the netter and she subsequently ate both kazesim, does she receive malchus? If the husband's hafara cuts away half and the other half remains in full force, then eating the second kazais, whichever it is, will incur malkas. But if the husband's hafara halves the strength of the entire netter, then both kazaisim remain prohibited, but not with the full force of the original prohibition to incur malkas. And point number three, the Gemara brings a proof to the above question by bringing a lengthy brisa about the rules of Nisrokna, literally emptied out, referring to when one party dies and control of Afara would potentially fall to the other. The first four cases are presented on this daf, and the Gemara's proof will be from the fifth case brought on the next daf. These cases can be summarized as teaching two principles. If the husband dies and the right of Afara falls to the father, he can be made for the netter, provided the husband did not confirm it. This is true whether the husband died without confirming the netter, which is case number one, or if he died after having revoked it, which is case number three, which voids his hafara. In contrast, if the father died and the right of hafara is henceforth the domain of the husband, he cannot revoke nadarim made beforehand. This is true whether the father revoked and died, which is case three, or the husband revoked and the father died before hearing of the netter, which is case four. The run writes at length explaining the novelty of each case. So once again, the three points are number one. The Academy of Rabbi provided an alternate source for the joint hafara of the father and husband of a Na'ara who is an Arusa. The final pasuk about hafara says, These are the laws that Hashem commanded, Ben Ishli Ishto Ben Avlabito, between a man and his wife, between a father and his daughter, Ben Ureb Beis Avia, in her youth, in her father's house. From here, from the juxtaposition of the father and the husband, we learn about a Nara who's an Arusa that her father and husband are made for her netter jointly. The run adds that the closing words of the Pasuk, imply that it refers to a Nara in her youth, who's an Arusa in her father's house. The more adds that the Academy of Rabbi uses the source Rabbi Brah, for another drush made by Rabbi Ayin Abed Aleph. 
Rabbah says the Pasuk above teaches that a husband may revoke her nadarim shebein olevina between him and her that affect the relationship, which will be defined in the next parak. Point number two, the Gemara poses a question. Does a husband, when being made for an arusa's nether, cut off half the nether when he's made for, or does he weaken the entire nether? Meaning, when the husband and father share the hafara of an arusa, does each party revoke half of the nether, and the other half remains fully intact until the other revokes it, or does the hafara have the strength of the entire nether, but it remains forbidden until the other party completes the process? The run adds that the question could equally be asked about the father's revocation. The Gemara expresses a practical outcome of this inquiry. If an arusa made a nether not to eat two specific kazesim of food, and the husband revoked the nether, and she subsequently ate both kazesim, does she receive malchus? If the husband's safara cuts away half, and the other half remains in full force, then eating the second kazais, whichever it is, will incur malchus. But if the husband's safara halves the strength of the entire nether, then both kazesim remain prohibited, but not with the full force of the original prohibition to incur malchus. And point number three, the Gemara brings a proof to the above question by bringing a lengthy brisa about the rules of Nisrokna, literally emptied out, referring to when one party dies and control of Afara would potentially fall to the other. The first four cases are presented on this daf, and the Gemara's proof will be from the fifth case brought on the next daf. These cases can be summarized as teaching two principles. If the husband dies and the right of Afara falls to the father, he can be made for the netter, provided the husband did not confirm it. This is true whether the husband died without confirming the netter, which is case number one, or if he died after having revoked it, which is case number three, which voids his afara. In contrast, if the father died and the right of afara is henceforth the domain of the husband, he cannot revoke nadarim made beforehand. This is true whether the father revoked and died, which is case three, or the husband revoked and the father died before hearing of the netter, which is case four. The run writes at length explaining the novelty of each case. All right, so now we get our Simmer Daf Samaches, and this Simmer was suggested to us by Jeremy Shiwitz from Woodmere, New York. He suggested Samaches as Chach, and we often use Sukkah as the Simmer. So here goes. The Narmer Russell was sitting in a Sukkah which had a light up decoration of the words Ben Ishli Ishto, juxtaposed to the words Ben Avlabito, and was listening to Rochassan say that he does not have the right to cut off half of the netter she made on two Kazesim of food. When news arrived that her father died and that his right to Mefer, Nunadarim, was emptied out to Rochassim. Once again, it's commotion. The Nar Murasa was sitting in a sukkah sukkah that must more enough samaches, schach. The Nar Murasa was sitting in a sukkah which had a light up decoration of the words Ben Ishli Ishto, juxtaposed to the words Ben Avlabito, which reminds us the Academy of Ishmael provided an alternate source for the joint tafar of the father and husband of a Na'ara who's in Arusa. The final Pasuk about Hafara says, These are the laws that Hashem commanded ben ishli ishto ben avlobito, between a man and his wife, between a father and his daughter, ben uhurel be savia, in her youth, in her father's house. From here, from the juxtaposition of the father and husband, we learn about a nara who's in Arusa that her father and husband are made for her netter jointly. So the Nar Marasa was sitting in a sukkah which had a light up decoration of the words Ben Ishli Ishto, juxtaposed to the words Ben Avlabito, and was listening to Rochassan say that he does not have the right to cut off half of the netter she made on the Tukazesim of food, which reminds us, more poses a question, Bal Megas guys or Makush Kalish, does a husband when being made for Anarusa's netter cut off half of the netter when he's made for, or does he weaken the entire netter? 
The Gemara expresses a practical outcome of this inquiry if an arusa made a netter, not to eat two specific kazesim of food, and the husband revoked the netter and she subsequently ate both kazesim, does she receive malchus? If the husband's hafar cuts away half, and the other half remains in full force, then eating the second gazayis, whichever it is, won't kermalkas. But if the husband's hafara halves the strength of the entire netter, then both kazayisim remain prohibited, but not with the full force of the original prohibition to incur malkas. So, the Namarasa was sitting in a sukkah which had a light-up decoration of the words ben ishli ishto, juxtaposed to the words ben avlobito, and was listening to Rokhassan say that he does not have the right to cut off half of the netter she made on the two kazayisim of food. When news arrived that her father died and that his right to mefer of Nunadarim was emptied out to her chassan. Which reminds us, the Gemara presents a proof to the above question by bringing a lengthy brisa about the rules of Nisrokna, literally emptied out, referring to when one party dies and control of Hafara would potentially fall to the other. The first four cases are presented on this stuff and the Gemara's proof would be from the fifth case brought on the next stuff. So once again, the Narmarasa was sitting in a sukkah which had a light-up decoration of the words Ben Ishli Ishto, juxtaposed to the words Ben Ablabito, and was listening to Rochassan say that he does not have the right to cut off half of the netter she made on the Tukazesima food. When news arrived that her father died and that his right to Mefer Nunadarim was emptied out to Rochassan. All right, so now it's time for Forba Bachazar. Daf Samach So the Simmer Daf Samach is a secret agent. So here goes. This secret agent, secret agent, that must be more duff, Samach Dalad, sowed. This secret agent, whose father was disgraced by him taking Nadarim lightly, and was told that this was not a valid Pesach, which reminds us, the ninth parak begins with a Malchokas about two types of openings to a Nal Nadar. Velezer said, We open for a person with the honor of his father and mother, meaning we ask him if he would have made a Nadar had he known people would disgrace his father because of his treating Nadarim lightly. The Chami do not allow such an opening to be used. So the secret agent whose father was disgraced by him taking the darim lightly and was told that this was not a valid Pesach because it was similar to someone claiming a Pesach based on Hashem's honor and people stopped consulting Chachamim for a hatter which reminds us in the Mishnah Rabbi Tzadok stated that according to Billy Ezra if a father's honor can be used as a Pesach we should also be able to open a Nedipot HaMakom with the honor of Hashem because vowing is a dishonor to Hashem. The Rabban responded to him, Imken ein nadarim. If so, there are no nadarim. The Gemara seeks to explain this phrase. Rava interpreted the phrase, Imken ein nadarim nishan l'chacham. If so, nadarim will not be asked to a chacham for a heter. If dishonor to Hashem can be used as a Pesach, people will use it themselves without consulting a chacham, which is invalid. So this secret agent whose father was disgraced by him taking Nadarim lightly and was told that this was not a valid Pesach because it was similar to someone claiming a Pesach based on Hashem's honor and people stopped consulting Chochamim for a heter was thrilled to hear that another agent who was out to kill him became poor and was like dead, giving him a Pesach that was not Nolad, which reminds us. The Gemara asked for the source of Rebbe Yezus' opinion to allow Pesach of Nolad an unexpected development. Rav Chisla quotes the Pesach where Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu to return to Mitzrayim despite his having made an oath to Yisro that he would not leave because the people seeking your life have died. Since their dying is an unexpected development, we see that Nolad is valid as a Pesach. The Rabban responded that in fact they did not die, for we find Dasan of Avirim challenging Moshe several times afterwards. Rather, they became impoverished and thus lost their influence to be able to threaten Moshe. And this is not known because it's a relatively common occurrence. They're described as having died because it's one of the four situations that Abraiser describes as equivalent to death, Anani, a Matsora, a blind person, and someone without children. 
Daf Samach Hay. So the Simran Daf Samach Hay is sheep, and we often use a shepherd. So here goes. The shepherd, shepherd, that must be more on Daf Samach Hay. The shepherd was disgusted when he saw a king out in the field eat a live hare, which reminds us, it was taught in the Brisa, one who is mudr hanav from his friend, we only release him from it in front of the other person. The Ron explains that this is either to shame him, to discourage him from annoying the netter made for his friend's benefit, or so the subject in the netter does not incorrectly suspect the vower from violating his netter when he sees him benefiting from him. The source for this halach is from a Kodesh Baruch telling Moshe Benu to go to Minyan to annul the oath he had made not to leave. In the process of demonstrating that Moshe had made an oath, the Gemara presents the story of Sitkiyahu's oath to Nebuchadnezzar when Sitkiyahu once discovered Nebuchadnezzar eating a live hare. So the shepherd was disgusted when he saw a king out in the field eat a live hare, took a netter not to marry the wicked king's daughter, but then found out that the king had already choked and died. Which reminds us, the next mission states, Remer says, Yesh she'en kenoad kenoad. There are events that are like Noad but are not considered Noad, and the netter is automatically void. The Chum disagree. An example of this is, Amar konim she'ani noses ponis ra. One said, Konum I marrying ponies because her father is wicked. And they told him that he died or had done tshuva, and Remer considers the netter void automatically. So the shepherd was disgusted when he saw a king out in the field eat a live hare, took a netter not to marry the wicked king's daughter, but then found out that the king had already choked and died, and then had his netter from benefiting from her annulled when he realized how much it would cost to pay her ksuba, which reminds us the Mishnah Saints posting to Adam ksuba's ishto. We can open a netter for a person based on his having to pay his wife's ksuba. This is illustrated by an incident in which a man vowed against benefiting from his wife, requiring him to divorce her. When Rabbi Kiva required him to pay her ksuba of 400 dinarim, the man said had he known this, he would never have made the netter, and Rabbi Kiva annulled it. Dav Samach Vav. So the Simr Dav Samach Vav is related to sewing, and we use a tailor. So here goes. The tailor, tailor, that must be more than Dav Samach Vav. So... The tailor who required two hetarim for his two independent nadarim, saying, what I benefit from my apprentice is like a carbon, and what I benefit from my seamstress is like a carbon, which reminds us, the mission makes several distinctions about the principle of netter shehutu miksasu kuo, that a netter which is partially nullified is nullified entirely. The third case was if he said, shani nene lezeh carbon lezeh carbon, what I benefit from this person is like a carbon, and from this person is like a carbon, tzrichim pesalcho echov echov, we require an opening for each one of them, because by saying, like a carbon, regarding each person, they are independent nadarim and require their own hatter. So, the tailor who required two hatterim for his two independent nadarim, saying, what I benefit from my apprentice is like a carbon, and what I benefit from my seamstress is like a carbon, was so impressed by the new gold tooth that his poor daughter received from the rabbi, which reminds us of the case of Rabbi Shmo, where a man vowed benefit from his niece because of her appearance. The Gemara explained she was missing a tooth. And after Rabbi Shmo beautified her by providing her a false tooth of gold, he presented her to uncle and said, Bini mizona dart my son, is it from this one you vowed? The man said no, and Rabbi Shmuel permitted the netter. He then wept and said, But no, Israel knows him, but no, Israel beautiful, but poverty makes him homely. So the tailor who acquired two hetarim for his two independent nadarim, saying, What I benefit from my apprentice is like a carbon, and what I benefit from my seamstress is like a carbon, was so impressed by the new gold tooth that his poor daughter received from the rabbi that he told his wife, I forbid you from entering my tailor shop until you give a taste of your food to the rabbi. Which reminds us, a man once forbade his wife from benefiting from him until she gave a taste of her food to Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Shimon. Despite the indignity, Rabbi Yehud tasted it, saying that it's a kavachomer. If to make shalom between a man and his wife, the Torah said, My name which was written in Kedusha should be erased into the afflictive waters given to the Sota, 
even where it's a suffix, if it will save the marriage, then I, all the more so, should subject myself to this dishonor to save their marriage. Rabbi Shimon didn't taste it because he held differently. Daf Samach Zayn. So the Simr Daf Samach Zayn is a sizzling barbecue. So here goes. The Nahamarasa who was hosting a hafara barbecue. Barbecue? That must mean we're on Daf Samach Zayn. Sizzling barbecue. The Nahamarasa was hosting a hafara barbecue, where a father and chassan intended to jointly be made for her nadir, which reminds Gemara teaches that a father and husband jointly revoked nadarim of anara who is an arusa. So the Nahamarasa was hosting a hafara barbecue, where a father and chassan intended to jointly be made for her nadir, was so upset when she heard her chassan initially confirmed it before trying to retract his confirmation, which reminds us Gemara brings a case regarding a father and a chassan, where one was made for the nadir and the other confirmed it, and he attracted it and sought an annulment of his confirmation, rendering the confirmation void. So the Narahmarasa was hosting a hafara barbecue, where her father and chassan intended to jointly be made for her nadir, was so upset when she heard her chassan initially confirmed it before trying to retract his confirmation, that she tore down the banner with the pasuk, which reminds us Rabba's source for the joint hafara of the nadir of Narahmarasa is the pasuk, and if she will be married to a man and her vows are upon her and her husband will hear and revoke her vow. Alright, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number 1. Which stuff do you learn if one says, what I benefit from this person is like a carbon, and from this person is like a carbon, we require a pesach for each one of them. That's on Duff. Samachvav. Good. Number 2. Which stuff do you learn that Rabba's source that a father and chassan jointly are made for the nether of a narmarasa is ish That's on Duff. Good. Number three. Which stuff do we have the Gemara's question? Bal Megas guys or Malkish Kalish? Does the husband, when being made for him, Rusa's netter, cut off half of the netter when he's made for, or does he weaken the entire netter? That's on Duff. Samaches. Good. Number four. Which stuff do when the Dasan and Viram were considered dead because they became impoverished? That's on Duff. Good number five. Which of the one that an alternative source of the joint hafar of the father and the husband of an Amaras is the juxtaposition the Pasuk of Ben Ishl Ishto Ben Av Labito? That's on Dav. Good number six. Which stuff you have a case regarding a father and a husband where one was made for the Nara Maras's nether and the other one confirmed it? That's on Dav. Good number seven. Which stuff do you learn that we can make a Pesach from a nether for a person based on him having to pay his wife's ksuba? That's on Duff. Samachay. Good. Number eight. Which stuff do you learn about a man who took a nether not to marry the daughter of a Russian and it turns out the man had already died or did the shuva? That's on Duff. Samachay. Good. Number nine. Which stuff we have the brace about the rules of Nisrokna literally emptied out referring to when one party dies and control of Hafara would potentially fall to the other? That's on Duff. Samaches. Good. And number 10, which the thing when the one who vows from eating garlic until it's Shabbos is only forbidden until the start of Shabbos when Ezra instituted that men should eat garlic? That's on Dav. Samach Gimel. Excellent. That concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ram Goltham Zichu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.